Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We are in Ezra chapter 10. Let's pick up in verse 9. So all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered in Jerusalem within three days. On the 20th day of the ninth month, all the people sat in the square at the house of God, trembling because of this matter and because of the heavy rain. Then the priest Ezra stood up and said to them, You have been unfaithful by marrying foreign women, adding to Israel's guilt. Therefore make a confession to the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do his will. Separate yourselves from the surrounding peoples and your foreign wives. This takes place in roughly December or January, uh, you know, of, of the Western calendar. And uh, Jerusalem is at about 2,500 feet uh, above sea level. And so it's cold and it's, the, it's a, a heavy rainy season, right? So, uh, wow, those of us who live near Seattle can relate to this one, especially during that time of year because some of that turns into snow pretty quick too. Uh, this, is, this is a successful census. It indicates that they have all the men of Judah and Benjamin, I want to start with that because that's pretty cool. I know that this is the most drastic, you know, corporate repentance they'd ever experienced, uh, but they had 100% attendance if the word all indeed means all in verse 9. And they did it within three days. Wow. Man, can we talk a little bit about the things that would keep you from the house of God? Because it ought to be, it ought to be something drastic. I mean, these guys dropped everything. They knew... It was important to be there. They, there were consequences for them for not being there. They would lose their possessions. They would forfeit the right to be a part of the assembly of the exiles. That has huge commercial implications for them. All right, but for that reason, that'll set your priorities straight pretty quick. And so they're there. They're present. They're all accounted for. Everybody had heard this. On the 20th day of the ninth month, uh, that's roughly... Which one is that? I, forgive me. For, I've, I've blanked on the Hebrew calendar. If you know this, maybe you could comment with on the exact date of this one, the 20th day of the ninth month. Uh, then the priest Ezra stood up and said to them, you have been unfaithful. All right, this is, this is not going to be a, a popular speech, and it's not going to be a stirring speech in the sense that it somehow tugs at the heartstrings. Um, it's probably going to, you know, it's one that you can imagine is going to evoke some anger, some shock, but it does actually result in corporate repentance. And so you've got to respect his directness here. He even names it specifically by marrying foreign women, adding to Israel's guilt. Therefore, make a confession to the Lord. That's where it begins. That's been the basic theme of all this. That's why we apply this passage about mass divorce to a Seattle area church plant in a building campaign. We take our sin seriously, confess it. First John 1 John 1.9 is beautiful and clear that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this word separate is important. Separate yourselves from the surrounding peoples and your foreign wives. Now, this was the particular punch in the gut. This was the original command that they violated, and this wouldn't be an issue if they'd obeyed in the first place. But and your foreign wives. This is unique within Scripture. In Matthew chapter 19, when Jesus was confronted about divorce. He spells out the one proviso that God gave in Genesis 34 was to help abide by all these stupid stipulations that the Pharisees were making up. 
about divorce. In ancient Hebrew culture, and not and not not this ancient, but ancient as in just two thousand years ago, like just two thousand years, only two millennia ago, that's recent in biblical in, in the biblical time frame. Uh, men would just divorce their wives over a loss of beauty or a burned meal, like it. They could just say, "I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you," and these women were left with absolutely nothing. And so Jesus, in answering a question about divorce, says that in Genesis 34, the one accommodation that God made allowing for divorce in the event of marital infidelity was, was, just, to, was, was just to have his will done in that era when, wherein divorce was so prevalent and so common. To only give one proviso then was actually to eliminate the whole litany of contrived provisos, meaning they had made up a long list of really stupid reasons that a man could just divorce a woman and she would be left with nothing. And Jesus took that massive list and turned it into just a singular, a singular item 